Hello, and welcome to Weatherstone Capital Management's Market Podcast for November 7th, 2018. I am Michael Ball, the President and Lead Portfolio Manager. Well, we finally have the midterm elections behind us, and uh, the stock market seemed to be about as happy as the rest of us to have this wrapped up, as the stock market had a solid day with a gain of about 2%, which helped to offset some of the losses that we experienced in the markets during October. October was a very difficult month all around. If we look at stock indexes, you had the S&P 500 down nearly 7%, and most other indexes for medium, small stocks, and foreign stocks were also lower. Bonds also weren't much of a safe haven as interest rates rose and bonds, both government and corporate, had negative months as well. As we look at the factors that seem to have the biggest impact on the markets, the culprits tended to be continued weakening in global economic growth, weakness in earnings, particularly of technology companies, and rising interest rates on longer-dated bonds like the 10- and 30-year government bond. Let's look first at what's going on in global economic growth. We've mentioned some in prior podcasts about some of the weakness that we have seen outside the United States in terms of purchasing managers' indexes, employment reports, and factors such as that. The most recent Global Purchasing Managers Index came in at the weakest reading in two years. In addition to that, um, the primary recession risk model that we look at moved from a medium reading in terms of medium recession risk to a high recession risk reading. This reading means that we have an above average risk that some portions of the world may slide into a recession or it may even be more broad based and it could be a more global based recession like what we saw in 2007-2008. If you'd like to see a chart of the model with several decades worth of history, you can find it on our website at www.weatherstonecm.com and then under Market Insights and then our Special Market Commentary. Um, In this model, when we look at it, you've had times like 2007, 2008, where it's encompassed the U.S. and most other areas around the world. We've had other cases, the most two recent, in fact, in late 2011 into early 2013 and then 2015 into 2016 where the model also went into a high risk reading and it really didn't impact the United States very much. The 2011 into 2013 was primarily caused by a slowdown in Europe over concerns around the Greek debt crisis. The 2015 to 2016 move into the high risk zone was due primarily to slowing in the European economies Brazil and Russia both moving into recessions. And so it's something that we look at just to see where there's potential areas of stress coming around in the world and uh, to become heightened to risk that this may start to impact the United States. Historically, when we have seen it move into this uh, higher than average risk reading, um, we've seen an uptick in market volatility, particularly outside the U.S., As a result of that, we have tended to become quite a bit more cautious on foreign equities, and we have reduced those significantly in our investment portfolios over the past number of months. Looking at rising interest rates, this is another important factor. We have recently seen interest rates move above the highs that they had back in January and early February on both the 10- and 30-year government bonds. As we've looked at the amount of bonds that need to be refunded, when we look at the amount of uh, the projected increase in the budget deficit, we're going to have more than a trillion dollars more debt that needs to uh, be sold to investors over the coming year compared to what we saw in the past 12 months. So that's certainly a challenge um, for the bond markets. 
And as those rates continue to move to new multi-year highs, that uh, puts pressure on the stock market as there's concern over how high these rates may go. In our estimation, we don't think that we'll see rates on, say, a 10-year government bond move up more than 50 to uh, 60 basis points, which would bring you up to about a 3.7 to 3.8% interest rate. Because when we look at interest rates on government bonds around the world, we still have some of the highest rates out there. Looking across to Europe, you have Germany currently with a 10-year German boon paying uh, about 0.45%. Over in Great Britain, their 10-year bonds are at 1.56%. And even in Italy, which is uh, having some challenges um, over there and people are trying to avoid them, their uh, yields are at 3.4% on a 10-year treasury. So if we go up much more, it starts to become more attractive for foreign investors to come over and to own our bonds. That will probably bring in a pretty reasonable amount of demand. Um, another factor has been earnings. As we have seen earnings come in, um, oftentimes even Earnings that beat expectations were seeing sell-offs in stocks um, in some cases because the earnings weren't uh, blowing well past some of the estimates. We've been seeing it particularly in some of the high-flying technology names, but it's been happening more general across the board. FactSet Research, which tracks uh, earnings um, coming out, has said that they've seen a general trend between companies that both beat estimates and those that miss estimates to uh, perform worse than what they have in prior quarters. So the expectations have been set pretty high in terms of what's likely to happen with earnings. And uh, as we start to see year-over-year -year comparisons on earnings become a little bit more difficult as we get the uh, 12 months behind us as the, the tax reform kind of has worked its way through, then uh, that may pose a little bit more of a challenge for, uh, for, or for earnings. In looking at factors that may be positive for the stock market, there's typically a uh, pretty strong rally that starts before midterm elections and then continues on until about six months after, historically. And um, we did, obviously didn't get the rally that started before elections much this time around. But when we look at the normal rally size, um, particularly if we get a change in control of Congress, that's about 14%, which is pretty significant. And... Um, in looking back at declines, every case that we've had since 1970, you've had at least one market correction of 5% or more. And the average correction has been a little over 8.4%. So with the current correction that we've seen that started kind of in mid um, to late September through uh, most of October, which ran a little bit over 9.8%, this is still well within the realms of, of a normal rally. Going back since 1950, 94% um, of the time um, we have had markets produce a positive gain during that time frame. The only time it didn't have a positive gain, um, the loss was less than 1%. So historically, you'll typically see cash that sits on the sidelines before elections, once elections get behind us. That money starts to come into markets, and uh, you know when we look at the amount of cash that was flowing into mutual funds and exchange-traded funds this year, it was down from year-ago levels, so that would seem to indicate you did have money that was building on the sidelines. And if we see it follow through with uh, historical norms, we should see that continue to uh, pick back up over the coming months. 
Finally, let me mention uh, corporate stock buybacks. We've been seeing a record amount of corporate stock buybacks totaling about $560 billion over the past 12 months. A lot of this uh, increase is due to the uh, Tax Reform Act and money that's coming back from overseas and some of that getting put back to work buying stock. Um, as we get further into the year, we get earnings season behind us, uh, the kind of the blackout windows when companies can't buy their own stocks uh, closes and they're able to come back in and buy. And so we should see a pretty good amount of corporate stock buybacks between now and the, the end of the year. In summary, we've entered a time period that's typically quite positive for stocks, but we've got off to a pretty rocky start. We're going to continue to closely monitor the factors that are going on in terms of interest rates, how foreign markets are behaving, the economics that are out there, as well as how our own markets are behaving as well. We'll follow this closely and make adjustments to investment portfolios as necessary. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon.